exciting episode of Funny Books with Aaron and Polly. I'm Aaron. And I'm Polly. And we have a guest here today. I'm Jonathan Landers from Kicked in the Dice Bags. Kicked in the Dice Bags. So, uh, Jonathan, tell us a little bit about the podcast that you host. <laughs> I, I never know how to answer that question. <laughs> because uh, we started out being a uh, RPG gaming podcast, and then we realized that we don't really want to do an hour of just that so we don't classify ourselves as that anymore so we're just uh, a uh, geek culture podcast uh, a lot of people have said that uh, what we really discuss is what happens before and after uh, game table time very good and how many episodes you guys have out now uh, we have 24 out currently uh, by, by the time this drops we'll have our 25th out which wow. actually had a very special guest. A very special guest. I wonder who that might be. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guested on Kicking the Dice Bags we recorded last night. And, you know, Jonathan says, you know, well, we didn't want to just do an hour on role-playing games. Well, you know, rarely does he have an episode that runs an hour. Uh, we recorded for, I think, three minutes shy of three hours last night. I do believe that that's our longest episode to date. Well, and, you know, they say I don't have any staying power. But uh, it's all about the endurance, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, one, one thing I do want to say about it is that uh, it is uh, very, very explicit. E- extraordinarily so. And I, But I think last night's may have been your least, with the exception of the story you saved for the end, probably yes. the least explicit episode. Well, even But even the language throughout. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so there's a little <laughs> teaser for, for Jonathan's special story at the end of last night's episode. <laughs> Yes. I, I mean, wow. Well, the reason why we're having uh, Jonathan on is uh, he was an early listener to our podcast. In fact, uh, we had played an excerpt from Jonathan's podcast, I think like in our second or third episode, um, talking about how Jonathan got back into comics. You know, he had listened to the show, kind of sparked his interest. So, Jonathan, tell us a little bit about that. Tell us about uh, why you left comics. Two words, Grant Morrison. <laughs> uh <laughs> when I was a kid, I was uh, a big X-Men reader uh, throughout the 90s. Uh, um, after uh, the art style for X-Men went to a more anime style uh, in the late 90s, after uh, the Age of Apocalypse event around that time, uh, I dropped off then for financial reasons. Um, and when I ended up uh, picking comics back up, it was right before uh, Grant Morrison got a hold of the book. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I, words cannot describe, uh, the atrocities that, that that man committed. (laughs) Well, this is all shocking to Paul, who, and Paul and I, who are both on record as being huge Grant Morrison fans. Oh, yeah, you know we love Grant So, how long was, how long was your gap, uh, in not reading comics to coming back? Uh, this this latest time? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I probably ended, I want to say I cut out uh, around the time I graduated high school. So that would have been 2003, 2004. So around five years. Yeah. Wow. About that. So what's different now? Everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as far as the X-Men, all the, like, now that, now that uh, I'm back and uh i have the finances to do so to do so my pull list pretty much uh <laughs> includes everything that marvel puts out at this point um so i i i'm 
reading a lot of heroes uh, for the first time. You know, I'm reading the Hulk for the first time, Fantastic Four, Iron Man, uh, Captain America. That that's all new to me. So the but with the X Men, it's it's unrecognizable from from what I remember. Right. Um, Not in a good way, though. Right. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, coming back into comics, my least favorite titles have been the X titles. Really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's just. Uh, one thing that I really don't like, and I, I don't talk about this very much, but uh, because I'm not an art snob, is uh, I really don't like the art in the X tiles right now. It's very dark. Um, there's just a lot of black and grays uh, in a lot of the books that I read, and I really miss that those colorful costumes and and things like that from from the different mutant teams that I remember. Yeah, I mean it's true. I mean once, and I think that's kind of a product of grant morrison's era you know you know he switched them all into the the matrix gear and you know it, right. it kind of never looked back i mean joss whedon tried and but it didn't really stick i don't think i mean wolverine's probably the only one who really has a yellow costume well even but uh it depends who's writing him uh, i know uh his main uh his main thing right now as far as x tiles has been uh x-force and his costume is that old costume but for some reason, it's black and gray. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, that's a book with some weird art. The is X Force. They have that. Yeah, painted art. that's a, that's the the blackest, grayest book of them all. <laughs> it's like X Men Sin City style. Yes. Well, you know, it, it just it, with the exception of uh, the Joss Whedon stories, it seems like the X Men has been kind of goofed up for a while. You know, I, right. I, I, I I kind of enjoyed House of M. You know, there were pieces of that that I rather enjoyed, and um, I, I'm kind of I think the last chunk of X Men books, other than those exceptions that I mentioned, that I really enjoyed was Age of Apocalypse. I love Age of Apocalypse. Yes. Um, now I do want to say uh, I do want to give a shout out to someone who's been doing uh, the X Men right, uh, and surprise surprise that's uh, Chris Claremont. I've been reading uh, his uh, X Men Forever, uh-huh. uh huh, biweekly book that he's been putting out, uh, and I love it. I love the the classic costumes. Um, you know, you can really tell that that Claremont. He, I mean, he invented a lot of these characters, so right. he really knows what what their motivations are. It, you know, so it's not like issue to issue. You've got you know Cyclops acting one way, and then you know a new writer comes on board, and then he's just you know, this completely different guy. You're like, who is this? Um, now and, is X Men Forever in current continuity? No, I've not, I've not read um, so. Oh, for those that don't know, uh, this is a a project that that Chris Claremont's doing, where uh, basically he's picking up X Men from when he left the book, mm-hmm. uh, and basically it's it's uh, sort of a uh, alternate reality. What if he had kept writing the book? Mm. Uh, so uh, he's doing a lot of uh, storylines and things like that that he always wanted to do. Uh, with the X-Men, but never got a chance to. Oh. So it's pretty much just his, his personal playground, and I hope it doesn't get canceled. How how, <laughs> d- how many issues is that in? 
Uh, it just this week the uh, seventh issue came out. Huh. That's not too bad, to... considering it's bi-weekly. Yeah, right. I might have to pick that up because I I enjoyed Chris Claremont's original run. Um, now is he picking up from you know like the Jim Lee period? Is that where he's picking up from? Uh, I I believe so. Yes. Okay. I, yeah. I, the impression I got was that he would pick up at. You know how Jim, he left, uh, they started that X-Men title back in the 90s. Right. You know, just X-Men. Right. And right. That, that's where that. I started. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people, I, you know, I think that's probably where I started with the X-Men too. Children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Claremont left after issue three because of some yeah. problems with Marvel. Right. And supposedly this kind of picks up after that. I so, see. you know, the Jim Lee run kept going after that, I think for another year or so, but I don't, I think this kind of, doesn't include those. Gotcha. Now, uh, one, one thing that I can say, uh, just, uh, I guess, to stir some hype for this book, uh, and it's it would be an old reveal now. It's not anything that happened in, in one of the current issues, so I think I can spoil it. Uh, he, he makes the move, uh, the uh, killing off Wolverine move, which I think should have been done a long time ago. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I think that that was a great move. Basically, uh, you know, the, the series starts with, uh, with Wolverine having the girl. He finally gets Jean Grey. Mm. And then he dies. Well, at least he got Jean Grey. <laughs> at least he died happy. <laughs> he doesn't die in the sack, does he? No, no. <laughs> Damn, that's not the book I was looking for then. <laughs> Marvel Max X-Men. On a big splash page. Oh, yeah. So you're you're back into comics. You're clearly uh, have got Tony Stark level of wealth to buy every title that Marvel's putting out. Well, um, my my pull list, I I calculated out, and uh, I, I'm basically dropping. Uh, I know a lot of people recommended trade trades. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't I don't really want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I I there's just something satisfying about you know picking the floppies up sure. off the shelf, bringing them home. Being able to read them and then like throw them around my room and you know use them to line the cat's litter box and you know <laughs> curl them up and stuff them in my back pocket and walk around like I'm ten again. Right, right. Um. So I'm I'm basically dropping uh uh, uh about a hundred and fifty dollars a month. Uh, which, which, that's why I was looking for, because that also leaves me room in case a good one shot comes out or mm-hmm. uh, a mini series that I want to pick up. So, are you happy being back into comics? Are you excited uh, about I, comics I've, again? Well, no. I mean, I'm I'm guesting on a uh, comic podcast. So, <laughs> and and not only that, I'm writing uh, comic related articles. So, well, it's, we're uh, we're glad to have you back in the treehouse. And that's a good point. You know, we should say that Jonathan does write for ideologyofmadness.com. Uh, you write a regular feature called Relapse, obviously talking about your relapse into comics. Right. You know, with your mostly Marvel-centric stories. Mostly. Completely Marvel-centric stories. It's all I read. <laughs> well, something else that Jonathan is very interested in, and I know he's a huge fan, is DC's Blackest Night. <laughs> no, no, it's published by Marvel. Marvel Black Knight. <laughs> so uh, this week we had two Blackest Night books come out. 
Uh, Green Lantern Corps number 40 and Blackest Night Batman number two. Uh, Paul, you want to start with uh, Green Lantern Corps? Sure. And there's, you know, it's kind of funny. There's not much to say that hasn't already been said. It's another great issue. Yeah. Um, you know, Pete Tomasi, uh, it's funny. I was reading an interview with him, I think on Newsarama earlier this week. Uh-huh. Um, you know, because he draws so many characters in this book. I mean, you this mean, is a monthly book. You mean Patrick Gleason draws? <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Who did I, I say? I thought you said Pete Tomasi. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, so Patrick Gleason draws like hundreds of characters in this book a month. And, you know, there's never a late issue. And it's always a good looking book. Um, oh, yeah. And it fits in perfectly with uh, Doug Mankey's style on Green Lantern, I think. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, we were talking last time about current storylines being sidelined for the Blackest Night right. uh, crossover. And there's a little bit of that, but it, it feels more natural because the other storylines ended and it felt like a natural progression into the Blackest Night rather than just the middle of a storyline ending because a Black Lantern shows up. Right. I I, I really liked a, a few of the – there was a there was a comedy moment in the book. Actually, there was a couple, but the one that just made me laugh out loud was Arisia returning from uh, uh, her previous mission, where you know she fought a lot of battles and whatnot. And she's she's kind of war weary, and you know, thinking to herself, you know, at least you know, returning to Oa, there's a little peace and quiet, and everyone's flipped the page, not trying to kill each other. And she comes into the middle of the big Black Lantern battle with the surviving lanterns, and it just cracked me up. I, I thought that was hysterical. And just like you said, the book is beautifully drawn. Uh, I, 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 I'm amazed that this is a monthly that hasn't been delayed, like you said, and it comes out and the pencils are perfect. None of it looks rushed. The, the coloring is amazing. I mean, I don't know how they're getting this stuff to people on time for them to be able to do all the extra work that's required. And Gleason is laying out some spectacular uh, pages. The scene where uh, Guy Gardner is fighting, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the Black Lantern uh, fly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's 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 a beautiful page, and then the scene, and I don't, I don't know which Black Lantern that is that gores uh, Guy Gardner, but that the 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 guy's horn coming through uh, his leg just looks awfully painful. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know what? I was disappointed. The only thing I was disappointed is that there was no chip because he was in Blackest Night number two. I think they're probably saving him. That's for a big one, right? Yeah. Yeah, for so many series. But you know, from beginning to end, really very good book, very strong. Yeah. So, but what did you think of Batman? Blackest Night Batman number two. I I liked, I liked the book. Um, I liked the interior of the book. Didn't care for the cover. I thought the cover looked kind of uh, half-assed, to be perfectly honest. But I thought the Kubrick cover. Yeah, I didn't care for it. it. I didn't care for it. It looks. It looks like you know. It just, I, I think the pencils are probably fine on it, but, um, the, the inks and the coloring just weren't impressive, you know, yeah, but, uh, the, the interior art is really rather nice. Um, I'm enjoying this story. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed, you know, uh, the scenes, particularly the scenes with, uh, commissioner Gordon and Barbara. I thought those were really well done. There is, uh, a, a nice sense of, of fear and risk in the book. So again, uh, really, uh, very good 
tie-in to this uh, event. Yeah, and what's funny is more so than some of the other books. Yeah, this one almost feels like a Batman zombie outbreak book because yeah. there's just so much. You know, I mean, you've got body parts flying all over the place. You know, people are getting shot and flamethrowers and explosions. It's like a zombie action film with Batman in it. Yeah, no, it's 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 an awfully good book, and like I said, there 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 is a sense of of risk here and, and that there are things at stake and you can see all the black lanterns just chewing up the people of Gotham. And so you're like going, well, you know, this looks bad for everyone. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> why does anybody live in Gotham city again? I've never quite figured that out. I think that I would move just saying, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but what else? move where coast city that exploded or metropolis. That's always under alien invasion. You know, you never hear anything going on in uh, Fayetteville. <laughs> I think maybe Fayetteville is the place to live. Safest place in the DCU. That's right. That's right. It would not be Metropolis or uh, you know Gotham or uh, Coast City. That would be for sure. So anyway, Blackest Night continues to uh, rock it hard. Uh, those these are fantastic books, and I know that that Jonathan wholly endorses uh, this line of books. That he is he's a huge fan. So have you guys seen the preview for Necrotia? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, that's a good, we can talk because Necrotia has you know the whole the dead will rise thing going on for it too. Yes, uh, and that's Marvel's X line crossover that starts. Soon, doesn't it? Uh, yes, uh, very soon. In fact, uh, there was a preview for it in the uh, uh, Dark Avengers Uncanny X-Men Exodus uh, one-shot that came out this week, and it really got me excited for it. Basically, it features the return of uh, Celine, the Black Queen from the Hellfire Club. Oh, I thought maybe it was like Dion. Yeah, like Celine Dion? Dion? Celine yeah, Dion. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm ex- I'm excited about it. If there's anybody who needs a comic book, it's Celine Dion because you know she is an outer space alien. I, if she, I'm convinced she's a scroll. Just saying. Nah, just she's saying. just Canadian. <laughs> I think all those Canadians are scrolls. That would explain Alpha Flight. <laughs> exactly. <Ooh. laughs> So tell us about Adventure Comics number two, Paul. I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Yeah, I did pick that one up this week, and I'll tell you the truth: I didn't even bother with the backup. Uh, well, the co-feature on this one is uh, Legion of Superheroes, and even though it's written by Jeff Johns, I just don't know if I can muster up the interest in it. I know it's only eight pages, but eight sucky pages is really hard to read. Now, are you saying that because you just didn't like the the first second feature in issue one, or are you saying that because you flipped the page and didn't like the way it looked? No, I mean the art's good. I just, um, it's like I read the first page and I'm already lost. Ah. Uh. I think I'm just not a Legion of Superheroes fan. I think I've decided that no matter what they do, I just will not like Legion of Superheroes. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I just don't like them. Screw them. They suck. Screw the Legion. Screw the Legion. But I will say... You can take the, your bouncy uh, boy and shove him up your ass. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, but the first feature, the actual Superboy feature uh, by Johns and Francis Maniple. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. I, you know, this is hands down my favorite book I read this week. It just even though, even though I only read you know the first two thirds of it, um, but the you know the the feature with Superboy and it's there's really literally no action. It's a hundred percent his date. Well, not a hundred. It's mostly his date with uh, Wonder Girl. Right. Um, there's a little action. There's a Brainiac exploding a helicopter 
scene that's pretty awesome. Um, and there's a reveal on the last page of the story. I won't spoil it here. Thank you. I appreciate but that. If, yeah. But what happens is, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but it's kind of, it's perfect and it's really well drawn. And it's just, I think it's a really great scene. Mm-hmm. And even though the book is already great, it helps make the book even better. Um, Adventure Comics number two, you know, I love the first one. I, I think this is an even better issue than the first one, and I think the art is even better than the first one. Now, you and I had uh, talked about at the end of Legion of Three Worlds about how you know the reactions of Connor returning didn't seem very genuine. And in particular, Wonder Girl, we didn't get to see much of a reaction there. Is that something that they really kind of address in, in, this, in this page? Do you, do you get that sense of reunion? Do you, is it, you know, do you feel like the, the relationship is being properly told, shared? Yeah, I think it's a great scene. Um, you know, it, it's, it's not just, you know, reaction to his return. It's reaction to what happened while he was gone. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anyone read Teen Titans because Teen Titans sucks. Yeah. Uh, but I think Jeff Johns was still in the title when this happened is, you know, Connor and uh, not Connor, Tim Connor Drake, died. Tim Drake yeah. and Wonder Girl had a thing. Yeah. And, you know, it, it kind of comes out in this issue and it, it, it just it felt very natural. It's a really nice scene. It's it's sweet. I mean, it's a sweet scene. But, you know, I, I, I think it has kind of that emotional reaction that you're looking for. Right. And uh, next issue is actually the Tim Drake issue. It's oh, uh, Connor and uh, Tim Drake teaming up to, I guess, to find Lex Luthor. That's what the solic- solicitation says anyway. So I think, you know, maybe you'll get what you're looking for there. Cool. But, you know, which is great because, I mean, this, if it's as good as this issue, um, it just makes me very sad that Jeff Johns is leaving the title with issue six. Yeah, there was some news on about the title this week. Uh, Paul Levitz is going to be taking up the, the writing chores on that book. Yeah, because, uh, you know, DC has been restructured by Warner Brothers and um, they've got some, I don't know, some suit coming in to take over the big <laughs> duties. So Paul Levitz has stepped down. And uh, he's going to be writing, and he's going to be writing adventure comics, I, I guess, starting with number seven. I don't know if they're going to have a guest writer in between uh, Johns and him. And Johns has taken Francis Manupol with him, right? And he's, yeah. going over, he's going over to Flash. And so we're going to have both a new writer on this series as well as a new artist. Yeah, which is a bummer. But, you know, I mean, I, I th- I, I'd I like to see Francis Manupol on the Flash. I would. I just I, I think I really like what they've done so far with adventure comics. So it's going to number seven by Paul Levitz and whoever's drawing it has to be really damn good for me not to drop the title after John's leaves it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll have to wait and see. I picked up a book. I don't think you read Paul, um, but I know Jonathan did because he is all about the DC is Jeff Lemire's uh, sweet tooth, which is a vertigo. Oh, I loved it. I, I knew you did. I knew you did. See, this is, I thought it was this, fantastic. <laughs> this is all Jonathan's favorite books today, you know, cause we're, we're it's, it's Jonathan day here at uh, funny books with Aaron and Polly. Um, this is a, the reason why I wanted to talk about this book is that this book does what Paul and I have been saying comics need to do for a long time. Number one, the price point is a buck. So, and, and what's interesting about that is that the main character has deer antlers. So it's a buck for the book and, you know, he's got deer antlers. But the, uh, the, the pages are on newsprint and it's a terrific book. It's it's beautifully drawn and and uh, colored. Obviously, a more muted palette because you are printing on newsprint, and it's it's quirky, like you would expect a Vertigo book to be. And just to give you a flavor of the book, you kind of feel like you're in a uh, uh, M Night Shyamalan's The Village at places. In that you know you feel like you're sequestered, and you know that the real world's going on around you. 
stories about a, a kid with uh, deer antlers, and he's some kind of of uh, mutant after a a, a globe, some kind of global event. And it also has the flavor of Carmick uh, uh, McCarthy's The Road, in that it's just him and his dad. And his dad is very sick and his dad is dying and soon he's going to be all alone. And it's going to be, how is he going to live, you know, all alone? And that's all I'll say about the book other than to say it is awfully good. It is, you know, you have a, a real sense of, of danger in the book. It's almost got kind of a, a horror feel to it. Um, rather enjoyable. So for, for one thin dollar, you can go pick yourself up a copy of Sweet Tooth Number 1. Highly recommend it. Now, uh, Aaron, I, I forgot. Who did the art on that book? On this book, one moment, please. The art is done by uh, – gosh, give me a second. Oh, here we go. Uh, the art is done by uh, – oh, Jeff Lamar. He did the story and the art. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's why I thought uh, – I thought he could have done better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I know he. Oh, go ahead. I I just thought this was it was an outstanding book. Thoroughly enjoyed it. He did a, a hardcover for Vertigo that came out a couple months back called The Nobody. Uh huh. It was like an Invisible Man story. I, I thought that was pretty good too. I mean, it's it's very slow moving. It's you know mostly character pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's about you know an invisible man moving into a small town and the way they react to him and things like that um and i think it was you know it, i think it was done kind of to introduce him to the vertigo line before sweet tooth started but i really enjoyed it and his art is you know it's different um you know well, I, I wouldn't see it on a superhero book but i think yeah. it works well for that kind of storyline yeah it works great for a vertigo line you know the, the that whole kind of uh you know supernatural uh mythological modern storytelling is it, it works very well and again you know there there is that you know uh sense of dread through the book and and very horrific kind of setting and tone that the colors and the art worked very well for uh i like it i'll be picking up number 2 and i don't know if they're going to continue with newsprint i hope they do so it keeps the uh, dollars down cuz i i, I I didn't. I would not have enjoyed this book anymore had it been on a higher quality paper. So you know, keep it at the at the newsprint and keep the price low. Now, what what if the price was was up? Like, say if you were paying three ninety nine for that, book, I wouldn't pay three ninety nine. I wouldn't pay three ninety nine for it. Okay. I and and not because the book isn't good. I'm just really cutting back on what I'm willing to spend three ninety nine on. You know, at two ninety nine, I'll take a chance on it. But when it goes to three ninety nine, I just I I, I really uh, you know, judge those books a lot harder. Uh, I'm glad I don't have to make those decisions. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm still, still reading X Factor, even though I hate it, just because I just love to hate it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Jonathan, you read Avengers: The List this week. Yes, uh, I, I've been seeing the the ads for this event. Uh, that it's it's related to uh, really heavily to Dark Rain. Uh, so I, I definitely made sure that uh, I'm going to uh, be getting all of the one shots coming out for this. Right. Uh, uh, basically, the the premise uh, for the whole thing is that uh, Norman Osborn uh, is making a list of uh, things that need to be addressed, um, things going on that that uh, need to be fixed. And so this uh, this first one is uh, the list. Uh, 
Avengers, although it should have been called the list Hawkeye because that, that's pretty that's pretty much the the hero who's featured prominently here and who's actually on uh, the list. And I don't know how much spoiler I should go into with something like this because it just came out. So well, Paul and uh, I are going to read say, it. So go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> spoiler warnings on. There you go. I will say that the that the art is adequate. The story is fast. Because I, I was a little disappointed with the thickness of this book, that uh, the story uh, only takes up half of it. And then they give me these other things, which I really hate to be surprised <laughs> with. What do you guys call them? Co-features, backup? Yeah, yeah. What, what are yeah, well, they? I mean, they? They call them previews. Oh, yeah. Ah. Yeah, I don't care for that either. Yeah, they, they gave a, a preview for uh, the list Daredevil. And uh, I was very disappointed by that because I had already read this in Daredevil 500. So, well, what I hate about it is you're pulling that book off the shelf and going, hey, look at this nice, big, chick, thick, chunky book. And you don't flip through the end of it to make sure that you're getting you know, all the story you think you're buying. It irritates me that I'm buying you know, the preview for some other book that I may or may not buy. Yeah. You, know, you get excited. Hey, look, I've still got a whole bunch more story to go. Oh, <laughs> you know, I hate that. Right. DC so they, they about that too. They do. They do a preview for the list Daredevil and a preview for the list X Men. Uh, and these these are all going to be one shots. Uh, they are coming out uh, starting this month and ending in uh, in November with the list Amazing Spider Man. Now, Jonathan, when you came into uh, uh, reading comics again. You were hip deep in the middle of dark rain. Yes. So, you know, <laughs> you've been reading, what, two, three months now? Is that about right? Uh, except except for one comic line, which I, I actually did uh, bother to go back to the first issue and work my way up. So I've read all of the issues for it. Now, are you, are you irritated with the dark rain story and that it, it's crossing over into every title, or do you enjoy that? Ah. <sighs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's not crossing over into every title, thankfully. Um, uh, Marvel has so many alternate future right. storylines that uh, that you know you can kind of get away from it if you try, and especially the space books, um, which uh, you've been pimping those out for a while, and I finally uh, got a chance to pick those up and check them out, and I I concur. They are they are well written. Guardians stories. of the Galaxy is good stuff. Yes, you, you know you know Rocket Raccoon is awesome. All I can say is that if you're gonna put a talking raccoon in a book and it's still a good read, like you've done your job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I I want the Dark Rain stuff to end. Yeah, and it, the the title that uh, I I have read from issue one uh, up until current is uh, the New Avengers. Uh, so it's the it's the only thing that that I've really had going on that you know took me through Civil War, took me through Secret Invasion, yeah, and now Dark Reign. Well, and and New Avengers is a terrific book. I absolutely <sighs> love that book. Now I haven't read it, any of the Dark Reign stuff up through Secret Invasion. I have loved New Avengers. I, you know, when I love New Avengers. Uh, the first, uh, the first uh, uh, six or seven issues. Oh, love that's those when issues, I really though. loved it. 
And then do you know what happened? So, uh, Civil War happened. Yeah. And then Secret Invasion happened. And now Dark Reign's happening. Uh, that book has been completely screwed up yeah. by all of the events that just bleed into its pages. So you, they can't even tell a story. They can't even, they can't even tell a self-contained story arc. Yeah. Uh, ever since, ever since that first, uh, that first, uh, I, be- I believe it was six, maybe it was seven issues. Yeah. Hey, well, you know what sucks about that? Oh, I'm sorry, Aaron. No, you go, go right ahead, sir. Um, is that, you know, we were talking about this last week about, you know, if sequels kind of take the enjoyment out of the original. And, you know, Secret and, you know, that first arc was great. That's the one that I think David Finch did the art and, you know, they were in the Savage Land and, this was right after, you know, the breakout of the prison, I think. Right. Or that's all the same storyline, yeah, right? Sure is. Yeah. And, you know, then like 30 issues later, it's like, oh, it was the scrolls. And it's like, oh, well, that kind of puts a new spin on it. And I don't know if I like that spin. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not only that, but they're, they're all right. Like they get you invested in the century and then they take them away from you. Uh, you know, it, that that team has been switched around so much and it's been it's been so frustrating and i actually think we should we should wait to the last segment of the show before i get into all this sure well i plan on talking about and you know part of uh what you're talking about is how the new avengers title has been co-opted by all the different events going on in marvel and so to counter that marvel gives us the ultimate uh titles and so avenger uh, ultimate avengers number two came out this week, and I think all three of us read that one. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, Paul, what did you think? I didn't like it as much as the first issue. I, I you know, there's a, a see, you know, spoilers on, because you can't really talk about this issue without spoiling the first issue. Right. Captain America finds out the Red Skull is his son. He's sitting there having a talk with Hawkeye, and then he just starts kicking ass and shooting up things, and I'm like, was there really a point to that? Couldn't he have just jumped out of the plane and... You know, it didn't seem like anyone would have really fought him. And it, then it just kind of, you know, went from there. I, It's not a bad idea. I'm just not sure I like it entirely, the whole Red Skull's origin. And, you know, the Red Skull's origin, I guess, wasn't what I had a problem with. I think I had more of a problem with, you know, the whole Captain America is rebelling against the government. And they have to chase him down. It's like, I just saw this a couple years ago in Civil War. Very My thoughts similar exactly. Scenes. Yeah, and the scenes are so similar. There's a plane scene. Yes. He jumps off a plane. There's him fighting the gov- you know, the government soldiers, and it, it just seemed very like been there, done that. And you know, Mark Millar wrote Civil War too, right? Uh, well, and see that. See, I I, I read Ultimate Comics to get away from the storylines. Like I want to see, like Greg, Captain America in the Ultimates has been different. Than the Captain America that you, the classic Captain America that you used to see in. Right. He did have a little bit more of an attitude. Uh, I remember in the in the old uh, the old miniseries that that they did when uh, the Ultimate line was first launched was, uh, you know, where he beats the crap out of uh, Hank Pym and, and things like that. Just really good scenes. Uh, I I don't want. I, I don't want to see a lot of the storylines in the regular Marvel universe bleed over into this. Yeah. And that's what it seems like. Like, uh, you've got Tony Stark who says nothing in the issue and they talk about how he's been, how he's been changed ever since, 
the Wolverine thing, which they don't explain. <laughs> I'm like, what's the Wolverine thing? Oh, okay. Yeah, did that happen uh, in, Ulti- in Ultimatum? It, that did happen in Ultimatum. What happened um, there, Paul? I think, if I remember correctly, his armor was taken control of by Magneto, and he was the one who killed Wolverine. Ah. Ultimatum sucks, so I wouldn't recommend <laughs> reading it anyway. Well, it, I mean, really, don't read that piece of crap. Here, here's here's a problem I have with uh, with the ult- with this Ultimate Comic restart in general. It's not a reboot. No, it's not. Uh, you're you're falsely selling issues to new readers, uh, and then you're throwing in all this stuff from Ultimatum and all the things that happened before, and it, there's no explanation. There, you know, I mean. Will they explain the Wolverine thing, or are readers just expected to be like, "Well, there was a Wolverine thing." Okay, yeah, you know, well, this I, isn't a true issue, too. No, I, and you know, you're absolutely right. It, it's it's not a reboot. It doesn't it, it doesn't provide an easy source of entry other than you know, hey, Ultimatum's over. <laughs> you know, the you're not coming into a fresh universe, and they're not start they're 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 building their story based on prior continuity. Um, so it makes it difficult. Now, I will say. I thought there was something really cool about this book, and I loved the scene where uh, Red Skull gets his face. Uh, and I won't spoil that for anybody, but uh, I thought that that the the big splash page and how he gets his uh, Red Skull appearance was awesome. I, I, I really got a kick out of that. Um, but I'm right there with you. You know, some of the stuff we've seen before, and despite the fact that Carlos Pacheco, uh, the artist on this book, does a beautiful job. Uh, cranking out these pages, um, you know, you do have the feeling that, man, haven't we done this already? Yeah. You know? So I, I, I think that they're, that they are, have really missed the boat. I think they would have had a, a more effective, uh, launch on this title had they not had Ultimatum to begin with. You know, if this had just followed in after, you know, uh, Ultimates 2, you know, and, and this had been Ultimates 3, I think you'd have been better off. Or if they just got Jeff Loeb to write it. Oh, stop it. Stop it right there. Uh, or Matt Fraction. <laughs> I think Matt Fraction can do no wrong now. See, I think Jeff Loeb was fantastic. a joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Matt Fraction is actually a good writer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and thank you for making that distinction, Paul. Yeah. Uh, well, this all begs the question then. What if we were what writing? If we were writing, writing what if we were writing? What if we were writing? The Avengers. The Avengers. The Avengers. The Avengers. The Avengers. All right, Jonathan. What if you were writing the Avengers? <laughs> All right. Now, I I want to just state that the Avengers are quite new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though I used to read comics, I only read X titles. Right. Uh, really, uh, back in the day, I thought uh, the Avengers were pretty lame. Uh, I thought. Captain America was uh, boring. Uh, I had no interest in Iron Man. I thought he was a B-rate character. Uh, I've always thought the Hulk has been boring. Uh, Thor, I have no interest in godlike beings. So, you know, I I was turned off from that area of the Marvel Universe. Uh, Coming back in, though, uh, I really enjoyed... Uh, reading a lot of those characters, uh, I think that I think that uh, the beginnings of New Avengers really hit the mark. Mm-hmm. Um, if it if it wasn't, you know, like like we talked about uh, 
if if the book wasn't constantly being screwed up by uh, all of the uh, crossover events and things like that. I guess uh, my my team of Avengers. You got to have Captain America, Iron Man. I would go. Uh, I would stick uh, Wolverine on the Avengers. Uh, but I, in doing so, that would be the only team he was on. <laughs> um, you can't do that. Wolverine has to be in at least twenty books every month. Uh, it's in his contract. That's what. That's why I love about Dark Wolverine right now. Wolverine's not in it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have Spider-Man on the team. I think that's just weird to me. Yeah, he still patrols New York, but uh, you know, I, I don't like that sort of thing. I would have the current uh, Doctor Strange on there, and he was on New Avengers for a while, but uh, he's no longer the Sorcerer Supreme right. in the Marvel Universe. So I think that would be a great place for him is to put him on the Avengers. So it sounds like you want to get, you know, right now because Bendis has been involved in so many of the crossovers for the last couple of years. It sounds like you know they've been just crossover after crossover and new avengers you know for the past couple of years and it sounds like you want to get them out of that you want more of the you know the six issue storylines this story goes on it well, yeah and I, I want i want some stability uh, i want them to be able to tell a story that is something apart from the big story um even even uh, the X-Men were able to do that for a little bit when they had their whole space opera thing going on uh, that removed them from, I think, uh, Civil War. I think the Avengers need that. I think they need to do their own thing for a while. Uh, you know, fight some classic villains. You know, go up against Doctor Doom or something. Uh, that's really been missing from all of the Avengers titles for, for a while. And there's so many Avengers titles right now. That's another thing I would... I would have one definitive Avengers title, and that's it. I don't think there's any need for Avengers the Initiative, Mighty Avengers, Young Avengers. Avengers Babies. Yeah, (laughs) Avengers Babies. They just keep going younger. That's right. I liked Young Avengers when it first started, you know, the the first 12-part series, I think it was. Yeah. But, I mean, after that, just I have not liked anything they've done with those characters. Yeah. Here's what I don't like about Young Avengers. They're all copies. Uh, I think like it, it just it it's a cop out. Like it it'd be like it'd be like if uh, if Reed Richards and Sue Storm have a kid and that kid's powers are he's a stretchy invisible person. Like I I don't I don't understand why why everyone's kid becomes a copy of them. You know the the characters who who stick around. And really make an impact uh, that that are uh, the uh, spawn of of heroes are ones that have their have a unique power set, their uh, unique identity. But you know, Jonathan, that's true to life, though, because you know your dad was a podcaster, and you know here you are a <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> Actually, my 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 dad is a uh, professional card player. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, you can Google them. Johnny Landreth. See, you should have inherited that superpower. <laughs> uh, actually, I uh, not to brag, but I am quite uh, a proficient card player in my own right. Uh, I'm just very cheap. Ah. Gotcha. Yeah, note to self, don't play Jonathan in uh, cards. Yes. <laughs> not for money, anyway. But Twister, you can, wait, you can beat him at Twister every time. <laughs> uh, you might be able to, but 
At what cost? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Paul, uh, what if you were writing the Avengers? You know, I I, like Jonathan was saying, I loved New Avengers when it first started. Loved New Avengers when it first started. Um, I even kind of liked it through Civil War. Uh, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Civil War storyline. I liked it at the beginning. I thought it kind of petered out at the end. You know, I did drop it right after Secret Invasion. I just didn't want to get involved in the whole Dark Reign nonsense. Right. You know, and and as much as I like there being a core team, and it sounds like there's talk of bringing back the original three, you know, the, well, not the original three, because um, Captain America is not one of the original three, but Cap, Thor, and Iron Man. You know, it would be nice to see them all on the same team again. I think really what I'd like to see in the Avengers is almost like, um, <laughs> and I hate to do this, but I'm going to compare it to something in DC, but not directly in DC, more in the DC co- cartoon universe. Um, do you remember Justice League Unlimited, that TV show? Yeah. Yes. It was like every superhero was in the Justice League and Martian Manhunter would just choose. These were the guys with the best skills for this mission. You know, in um, Avengers Disassembled, way back when uh before uh new avengers you know they had a shot of everyone who had been an avenger there's like a hundred heroes in all or something you know that have been an avenger at one point it'd be nice if you know you know they have this whole superhero registration act if they took it and made it so that every superhero registers to be an avenger and at some point they may be called upon for a mission to be, you know, for the Avengers. So, you know, you may have the vision. I don't know if he's still alive or someone like that, you know, in Avengers Tower. And when something happens in the world, he puts together, you know, it's like their Avengers beeper goes off. And, you know, this this is the group of six that's going to handle this mission. And, you know, I know it's hard to have ongoing storylines in that, but you can still have great big storylines. You can get a lot of people in that, you know, don't normally see in the Avengers. And uh, I think you can get a lot of variety out of the, the storylines that way. Yeah, I, I would like to see every, like I said, everyone in the Avengers, you know, just handpicked a couple at a time. You know, this issue may only have three Avengers, you know, whereas something bigger may have like seven members of the team, you know, for different skills. I, I think that that's a, a uh, valid idea as long as Peter David isn't writing it. No. <laughs> because then you would only see uh, D-list heroes solving the world's problems. It'd be horrible. <laughs> It'd be like, you know, Beak, go. <laughs> like, <laughs> And, we you know, need your a, special skills. <laughs> and it'd be okay to have a D-list hero or something on the team. But, you know, like, as a writer, if I was writing it, there would be at least one or two A-listers every time. Like, there's always going to be a Captain America or a Wolverine or an Iron Man on a team. You know, that way, you know, for sales reasons. But, you know, you can introduce some of those lesser-known characters. Um, I, I probably don't give a crap about Beak. But, you know, I mean, you can have... Um, I don't, I've kind of been out of the Marvel universe for a little bit, the actual, you know, Marvel universe, but, you know, just Moon Knight. Moon Knight. There you go. Moon Knight, you know, for some type of gangster level crime, mob war or something. I, I, I mentioned, Knight. I mentioned that, uh, because when I was, when I was hearing your idea, it was making me think of, uh, a, uh, Moon Knight, uh, comic that i was reading recently that uh where he makes mention to being an avenger and he says that was before they just let anyone in now everyone's been an avenger (laughs) (laughs) you know it's it's kind of funny because i'm describing it i'm like you know i'm describing the marvel ultimate alliance video game yeah Yes. I mean, that's essentially what I'm describing, but on a comic book level. I started reading the Avengers way back, uh, probably around Avengers 165 in the original numbering. 
And, you know, back then you had the team of, you know, Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, Yellow Jacket, the Wasp. You had the Beast, you know, back before he became a cat man uh, and uh, Wonder Man. And the Scarlet Witch and the Vision. It was a huge team. And for me, that was always the the quintessential Avengers team, you know, were those guys. And then you, you know, after that, you had, you know, what I would call far inferior teams up until really you got back into uh, Bendis' team where he just really kind of re-envisioned the whole thing. Now, like you guys, I think that uh, new Avengers and the Avengers titles in general have just been co-opted by these, you know, crossover events. Uh, and, and I don't care for it. And that was the reason why I got out of, of uh, new Avengers after secret war. Um, I'd love to see Bendis stay on the title. I think Bendis writes that book better than anybody's written it in a long time, but I'd like to see it stay in self-contained storylines. I love Luke Cage in that book. You know, I think Luke Cage has really, you know, come into his own. I think Luke Cage needs, you know, his regular own ongoing storyline, his own ongoing book, you know, with, uh, gosh, I can't remember the name of it. Jessica, his wife. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, you know, I just, I really love those characters. I loved him in Alias and in uh, The Pulse. Um, and I've loved him in the Avengers. I just think, you know, Bendis has done such a fine job with them. And, you know, the, the, the fear that I have with those characters is what happens to him after Bendis stops writing those books? Cause I just don't see somebody else picking those up and having the, the same, uh, level of commitment to, you know, the characters of Luke Cage and Jessica, whatever her last name is now. Cage. Is it, did she take his last name? I couldn't, couldn't remember. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. But. <laughs> but but, you know, if I was creating a, a new Avengers team, I think one of the things I would do, I, you know, I think you have to have Captain America on your team, you know, because he just really does kind of say Avengers to you. But I think the, the a, a big change that I would make would be adding in one of their all time villains as, you know, a reformed character that's, you know, now a hero. And I, that would be Ultron. I'd add Ultron to the mix. I'd love to see Ultron be a, be an Avenger and, and, and be somebody who's kind of, you know, a recovering bad guy, a la Thunderbolts. Who's, who's Ultron? He was the, uh, the adamantanium robot that Hank Pym built. And, uh, he has, we have seen him in, in many different incarnations come back and, and be the Avengers great big nemesis. Yeah. Oh, I think okay. the most recent is when he took on, um, Janet Pym's ident you know, he he looked like Janet Pym. It yeah. was the Frank Cho drawn art in yeah. New Avengers. Yeah, I think that was the that was the last time we saw him in the Avengers. And of course we've seen him in the space books. He was in, I think, the the Annihilation Conquest books. Way okay. out in deep, deep space. But uh huh. But you know, I I, I I would not have a huge change up on the team, though I think I would I would love to see the beast. Back in those books, you know, minus his his well, kitty features. <laughs> the the beast the beast is going is is going off into space now. So where's he going? Uh, I saw previews for uh, they're going to have a sword ongoing series, oh, which yeah. is going to feature uh, the beast, some people I don't know, and Lockheed. Oh, I might have to pick that one up because I actually liked uh, the, his relationship with the lady from Sword in the Joss Whedon run. Yeah, I guess yeah, that's, she's that's, it. The, that's the girl with the green hair on. and the big yeah. glasses. Yeah, that turns out to be an outer space alien. Yeah, I don't remember, but sure. Yeah. But yeah, she was an outer space alien because you know you can't be human and have green hair. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, <laughs> what about what about uh, Lorna? <laughs> she's not human. She's a mutant. Oh yeah, he did. Oh, Ooh, Doc Samson. <laughs> what about Doc Samson? 
he's he's gamma irradiated and, and really you know i think he dies so <laughs> <laughs> but uh I, you know i wouldn't do my huge overhaul to the avengers would be kind of like what you guys are saying is keep it out of these ridiculous you know uh, crossovers all the time i think you know Marvel has been driven so hard by Civil War, Secret Invasion, and now Dark Reign. I think they need to take some time off and just tell their core stories. You know, I think I, that, I agree completely. I, I think that they, you know, the Avengers need to have time to, you know, I don't know, avenge. <laughs> you know, uh, Spider Man needs some time to go and swing around, and and I, I just I'm kind of tired of it. I mean, I want there to be big story events inside their own books, but I don't want to have to spend all the time, you know, going from crossover to crossover to crossover. I really want the writers to have some time to develop their characters and and build that 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 core team and that core book. Right. And it's not it's not just Dark Rain. I mean, the uh, you know they've had I think three different. Uh, big story events going on right now. They've had uh, uh, Dark Rain, and then for some reason Utopia, which I guess that's not Dark Rain, even though it has all the elements of Dark Rain. <laughs> um, and then uh, you know, even out in space, there's been this whole War of Kings thing. Yeah, but you know, the the nice thing and the the contrast I'll make the nice thing about War of Kings is that it's really launched their space titles. And I wouldn't be surprised to see that that doesn't settle down now that they've got some regular readership. Because, you know, previously, Marvel's not had a whole lot of success in maintaining their more, you know, space opera kinds of stories. And now the, those well, no, the space readers probably read DC if they wanted that sort of thing. Okay. Well, clearly I'm going to have to in snag the past. It. I mean, that's, I mean, but DC does do a lot of space stuff. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, the, the starts and stops that, that Marvel has had, they've just not really been successful. And now they, they've really, I think, have put their best foot forward and have produced some fantastic books. And, you know, look at you, you know, you're somebody who doesn't enjoy those kind of cosmic level stories and you're eating them up now. Yeah. We've, we, we if you can convert Jonathan Landreth, you can convert anybody. <laughs> no, I, I agree completely with what you said about uh, Luke Cage being an ongoing. Um, because I think one thing that Marvel is missing right now, and there's there's an upcoming series, I don't know if it's out yet, um, called Vengeance of the Moon Knight. And I think that's going to fill a gap in the Marvel Universe. But uh, I think Luke Cage could also do that. Yeah. Uh, a street-level comic book. Yeah. Uh, beating up mobsters, uh, stopping crime syndicates and things like that that aren't, you know, these but, super, super villains. Well, and it's not the Punisher because you know, well, the, yeah, the, the Punisher is all just, <laughs> the, the Punisher just uh, – he's never really appealed to me just because he uses a gun and I don't – Yeah. Like who uses a gun? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> you know, and since the Punisher's movie career is pretty much dead now after three crappy movies – I think they should just kill the Punisher for a couple of years. Yeah, I don't think I'm anyone ready for him to go away. Well, you know, yeah, I don't think so either. Frank Castle was really kind of a product of the '80s, and I just don't think he's translated well to you know here we are, 2009, and I just don't think he's translated well to this era. Well, yeah, now now there's all kinds of heroes that do Punisher-like things, but they're a lot cooler about it. They don't yeah. do it in a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so the, you're saying the Punisher would not be on your Avengers team? Uh no. <laughs> oh uh oh one one thing i forgot to mention uh if i was writing the avengers uh 
Uh, I think that uh, the beginning of New Avengers had it completely right. Don't make them affiliated with S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Uh, Cut their ties with S.H.I.E.L.D. And the government. I mean, you know, uh, I I always enjoyed those storylines where they were battling for their security clearance and whatnot. But when you've got somebody like Tony Stark bankrolling your team, you don't need the government. You know, you you can't. I I think that from from a story uh, standpoint, S.H.I.E.L.D. makes a wonderful uh antagonist yeah uh you know just get it you know their red tape getting in the way of the heroes uh trying to do their thing absolutely uh, you know both 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 trying to do their jobs and and keep keep the peace but you know butting heads over how to do it i think is is just a great story element well and that's a good point what kind of stories would you tell uh paul you mean with the avengers yeah you know the if it, you know based on what i was saying you know doing it almost like a, an Avengers Unlimited type style, you know, you could really tell all kinds of stories. You could have a street-level team. You know, you could have a Luke Cage, Moon Knight, Punisher, if, he, right. if I don't... And, and you can kill him in that storyline. Um, uh, Daredevil you know, could be like on that street-level street team. <laughs> there you go, Daredevil. You can have all the Marvel street-level... You know, I sound stupid, but like a Marvel street-level Avengers, you know, for a story arc. You and call the, them in the Urban Avengers. Arc, Urban <laughs> Avengers, <laughs> you know, and the next story arc you can have, you know, your cosmic Avengers or your, you know, that kind of, you know, you can have a, a wide variety. And I, I like, you know, it's kind of funny. It sounds stupid, but I, I like the more I talk about the Urban Avengers type feel, I'd like to see a story arc like that in the Avengers. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. those characters, I've never seen those characters all team up in like one setting. And I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Let's hope Bendis isn't listening to this. It's our idea, damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, uh, a couple I, questions I have, uh, Avengers related. Okay. How long does the new Avengers go on before they're no longer new? Good question. You know, it's just like radio stations. It'll be the new mix for 20 years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it irritates the hell out of me. At some point, you're just Avengers. And right now, there is no definitive Avengers. Yeah. Well, or maybe you could just call them the newer Avengers. They're newer than those older Avengers. You know, yeah. you just keep modifying the title <laughs> as it goes along. Um, well, you know, they do change every couple of issues. So technically, it is a new Avengers every couple of issues. Oh, uh, and the, just I hate that. I just want some stability. Yeah. When the new Avengers first started, you know, the whole point was like, you know, uh, it, it, it was Tony Stark and and and, uh, and Captain America's team. Right. You know, it was it was their team and they were button heads about who should be on it and and convincing each other, like especially like Wolverine joining the team. And and Tony Stark really pushed for him to be on the team, even though Captain America was completely opposed. And uh, like that was some great stuff like that. That really was a great way to jumpstart a series only to have it all fall to pieces with when when a crossover came along like you know they they really laid the gl- groundwork for some interesting character moments yeah that will just can't be told at this point in time well and you know when you've got a writer like Bendis who can take characters that nobody has really cared about for a long time and and make them characters that people not only care about but they like and you know they've got a, a great deal of interest in i mean who was interested in spider woman before he started reading before he started oh, exactly. writing exactly you know exactly. and who is interested? i mean really you know we we've t- talked about this before but you know luke cage he was just that marvel uh, black superhero with the tiara yeah and, you know the afro 
Yeah. And, you know, now we're like, give us a, a Luke Cage book. I want a Luke Cage book. I even, mean, even when Civil War was going on, he made me get interested in the Falcon. Yeah. For a short amount of time. Oh, yeah. I was- yeah. Bendis is that guy you got to send over to your properties that are kind of, you know, failing or weak. And I, the, the book that I would send Bendis to would be The Defenders. Because we haven't had a good Defenders book in 20 years. Is Defenders still going on? No. No, because yeah, they, they, so. they did the, they did a miniseries uh, around Civil War time called The Last Defenders. But, you know, it's, it's always been kind of the anti-team, and nobody really knows what to do with those characters there. And well, I think it would be a good idea to – I mean, if, if they were going to do that, uh, they should probably take – like take Avengers the Initiative, mm-hmm. take that team and make them the Defenders or something. Something's gotta, something's gotta, you know, we they've gotta consolidate all these Avengers titles. Yeah. I mean, I understand you've got the only two. I if they were gonna have two Avengers books, I'd be okay with it because you know then you keep Mighty Avengers and New Avengers. Right. You know, Mighty Avengers for the cosmic level stuff. You know, the new Avengers are handling, you know, the stuff on Earth. You know, because Mighty Avengers, you know, that's all, you know, they go up against, like, Galactus and stuff. I don't know. Sure. They do that kind of stuff. They're, but uh, they, uh, there's just so many different Avenger teams, and none of them are d- the definitive Avengers right now. Right. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I, I think stability is really the way to go, and you know, I, I would call a moratorium on uh, huge crossover events for two years, just so that you could get 24 issues in of your actual core story. And you know what's sad? I think sales would actually go up if they went two years without a crossover I in agree. the Marvel Universe. I agree. Well, I mean, you know, I, I am somebody who actually really enjoys New Avengers. But when I got to the end of Secret Invasion and they're saying, okay, well, here comes Dark Reign. I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> you know, I'm out. I can't do this again because they had wore me out with Civil War and Secret Invasion. Well, and you can't just read the title that you want to read. Right. I, I was reading New Avengers and maybe it really affected me because I was reading back issues. So I read like one after another after another. Yeah. Uh, and at, at, at one point, like I'm reading through the storyline and it's like, okay. And then I pick up the next issue and the first page is like Captain America's dead. And yeah. I, you're just like, what? And it was the beginnings of, of well, it wasn't the, the beginning of Civil War. But it, it's like, all right, this is this is the character from the book that I'm reading. Why, why didn't he die in my book? Yeah. Well, um, anything else on the Avengers, guys? No, I think we've beat it to death. <laughs> I, I do. I do have. I do have one thing to talk about before we wrap up. It's not that hard. story from last night, is it? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Uh, much. 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 Uh, much uh, less uh, uh, stinky. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, and I was going to talk about this when when we were talking about uh, me being new to comics. Yeah. But you had just a wonderful Blackest Night transition. I didn't want to screw up. Um, <laughs> Last week, uh, I went to the uh, local uh, comic book store, Empire Comics, uh, for anyone in the Enterprise, Ozark, Alabama area. It's a great store. Anyway, there was a free comic book on the counter uh, called Moon Knight Saga. Mm, yes. Uh, did did you read this, Paul? I did. I did. I did. So, But I'll let you go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, now, this it, – it did its job. And its job is to uh, get you invested in the character of Moon Knight, uh, get you caught up on his backstory 
from previous Moon Knight uh, comics. Uh, in preparation for the vengeance of the Moon Knight ongoing that's starting up. And it did it. I mean, it's, it immediately went onto my pull list. Uh, I, I can't wait to read the first issue. It even had, uh, at the very back, a reading chronology for, for, uh, the previous Moon Knight stuff that they, that they talk about in this book. Like, uh, the, the various trade paperbacks and things like that. Why, why aren't they doing this more? What, this, this is what will hook in a new reader. No one does free books better than Marvel, I will yeah, say. They true. did one of those right before Secret Invasion. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think, I think I've seen another one. I don't remember what it was, but you know, well, they, they did one for takes- Dark Reign. Did they? Okay. Yeah, but it was, I think it had a, a couple of uh, comic pages and then there was kind of like stuff you needed to know. Uh, yeah, because I mean, it's awesome. It takes like a half hour to read because there's so much to read in that book. Yeah. It's not just like a comic book. It's like, you know, it's actual text, you know, right. with pictures. Well, uh, yeah, and pretty much the way it reads, it reads like a character biography from his perspective. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, I love Moon Knight I, 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 as a character. You know, the. His last volume, which I quit um, after the first two storylines, I think it started off. I don't remember who the writer was, but it was written by Dave or drawn by David Finch, and it started off really good, and then it got sucky real quick. Right. Um, you know, but I, I like the character. I think it just needs the right writer. But I really liked that Moon Knight Saga book. I mean, you know, it it it, it took longer to read than anything else I paid for that week, <laughs> and uh, it was really good. Yeah, uh, I just. <sighs> You know, I would have less problems with uh, with the current Ultimate comics if they would have put out one of these for it. Yeah, and that's probably yeah. a good point. They they probably should have launched the Ultimates a little a little bit snazzier by putting out a book like that. You know, so that the folks can if you're going to you know build on previous continuity, but try and you know draw folks into your first issue because you know, you're renumbering. I think you're probably right. They should have done one of those giveaways on that. You, yeah, you, you I, would have been a I lot happier. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't say enough about this. Like, I, I want, I, I want one of these for for all of the titles that I'm re- reading. Like, it would really uh, catch me up uh, with what's going on, what I missed in the in the last uh, five years, and so or what's, what I've missed in the last you know forty years w- with a lot of the titles that I'm reading. And what's the title of the book, the Moon Knight book that's coming out? Vengeance of the Moon Knight. Vengeance of the Moon Knight. When's that supposed to hit? All right. Well, in in this, it says it's on sale now, so I guess I guess it, it's it's this month, and uh, it's by Greg Hurwitz. I have no idea who he is. Oh, and Greg! Jerome, yeah, he's good peeps. Greg, he's good peeps. And uh, Jerome <laughs> o, Jerome Opeña. Who I don't know who either one of those guys are. Yeah. And so it comes out on it, the sixteenth. Okay. So okay. it comes out this week, Wednesday, yeah. right? Yeah. Sweet. Well, thanks for the heads up on that, Jonathan. I I, I will add that to my pull list because it's. Jonathan Landreth approved. Yes, <laughs> I hope. I hope the. I hope the book doesn't suck now. Hey, Paul, you want to. <laughs> you want to do a uh, shout out about our contest? Sure, sure. I think we have two more weeks left in our contest. We have a contest going on now. It's to win a hundred free comics that may or may not suck. We had details on it on our show two weeks ago. Uh, the long and short of it is, we want your help in getting word out on Funny Books with Aaron and Polly. So basically, the, to enter the contest, you know, mention us on your podcast, mention us on your blog, your Facebook, something like that. And, you know, with a link to the site, uh, ideologyofmadness.com. And, uh, you know, send us 
proof, you know, send us a, a link to where you did it or a screenshot or something like that. And you'll be entered into the contest to win a hundred free comics. Holy um, roly. That's crazy, Paul. Craziness. It's craziness. And, you know, after the, the last contest, who won a hundred <laughs> free comics last time? I don't remember who it was. That was uh, Rob over at Bear Swarm. It was. It was Rob Justice who uh, he won a hundred free comics. And uh, damn, that was the heavy box. <laughs> so, you know, if you want a heavy ass box of comics waiting for you and you get home one day from work, enter our contest. Full details are on this podcast two weeks from the one you're listening to right now. Do we remember the name of that episode, Mr. Head? Um, we don't, but it will be in the show notes. Yes, exactly. There you go. So uh, check it out and enter the contest. Two weeks left to go. Excellent. Uh, is it, wasn't it the uh, world's uh, greatest uh, comic podcast? I think you're right. I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, Jonathan, Ooh, how you like that? I, I tell you, you guys, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, That's why we have Jonathan on the show. Uh, can, can, could I uh, pimp out a contest? I, you certainly can. Yes. All right, uh, because uh, I, right now, Kicked in the Dice Bags is also doing a contest, and I keep forgetting to uh, continue to mention it on our episodes. Um, uh, basically, uh, I've reviewed. Uh, a ton of comics uh, for Relapse, and uh, that that's the that's the prize. And uh, what you have to do is you have to create a uh, a fourth edition version of The Walking Eye. I've gotten no entries to this, <laughs> even though even though Wizards even though Wizards of the Coast has put out a Monster Builder program for DDI subscribers. Uh-huh. So you would think this would be really easy? No, I've gotten nothing. Uh, so I don't know if maybe listeners of my show either don't like Fourth Edition, or don't like comics, or those who like one don't like the other. But uh, yeah. Uh, and and basically, uh, it's it's a, a a ton of comics. Now I don't think it's 100 comics, but uh, you know, look at that. It's all you stuff can win a million free comics just by listening to the show. That's right, because <laughs> as we've discussed previously, we round up. <laughs> Jonathan, give us your uh, your uh, URL or where they can find your podcast. Uh, it's kicked in the dice bags. Uh, dot uh, kicked in the dice bags. Dot Lipson. Dot com. Okay, and there'll be a link in the show notes to that as well. Jonathan, thanks for uh for joining us today. This was a lot of fun. Guys, I, I had a great time. Feel free to uh invite me back anytime. Oh well, yeah, we have a very full schedule. Um, yeah, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm both, I'm, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a bunch, Jonathan. This was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. Jonathan Landreth approved.